In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 25, Andrew and Jerry Save Justice Thomas. I'm Andrew Langer. I'm Jerry Rogers. And we've got a lot to talk about, and you're going to want to stick out this podcast to the very end, because in addition to talking about all of the issues of the day, uh, Jerry and I are going to, we're going to, we're not going to settle this debate. In fact, this is going to be a, I think this is going to be a, a, a podcast where we're, we're going to agree on a lot of things. We're going to disagree on others, but you're going to want to stick out to the end because um, I had a situation that came up a couple of weeks ago where I talked about couples dating. And Jerry and I have some sharp disagreements uh, about, about that. So we're going to have that conversation at the couples end. Couples dating. Yes. And, you hear Langer's words. Yes, couples dating. Very and bizarre. Then I wanna, and then I also want to get Jerry's uh, thoughts on this new uh, Boz Lorman Elvis movie, because Jerry is the biggest. Oh, uh, yes. I, I, I am torn. I don't know. All right. Well, I, I'm really, hearing bad, bad things, some bad things. Kind of bad things. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it at the end. I I I agree with you here, but we we're gonna we got to talk. So today, if, if you're tuning in, um, obviously you're tuning in. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the Supreme Court. We're gonna be talking about the January sixth hearings. Uh, we're gonna be talking about gas prices and and what's going on with them. There's just so much so much going on. And by the way, we're gonna keep each of us is gonna keep one eye on the. Um, on the the Twitter feed and and other things because as we're recording this show, uh, the Supreme Court is going to uh, announce whatever decisions are coming out. We're recording this a little bit before 10 a.m. on Friday, the 24th of June. On um, the Supreme Court announced earlier this week that this was going to be a uh, a decision day. Uh, there are decisions that are going to be coming out today, uh, and there are going to be decisions coming out on Monday. Um, and, and and before we get to rip from the headlines, Jerry, I, my suspicion is we are not going to get the Boggs decision, the abortion decision today. What do you what do you think about this? Well, I think this. I think that the reason why we haven't seen it yet is because, and again, speculation, which I hate to do, but I think Justice uh, Chief Justice Roberts has been trying to somehow uh, split the baby, so to yes. speak. And that makes me Listen, worried. No I pun think, intended, by the way. Yeah, I want to be but, really yeah, clear because yeah. I used that phrase yesterday. But I think, you, I I think Justice Roberts really, uh, in an attempt to protect the court's uh, position, its stature, I think he's actually undermining the court. Oh, 100%. And, Listen, let's, yeah. let's get to that in a minute, though, Jerry. The, sure. the, the, but the fundamental question is, do you think we're going to get a decision on it today? I think it's going to come out on Monday. It'll come out the last day uh, of the term. Do you, do you agree with that? I, I think it'll come out on the day when all the justices can get into a secure vehicle and leave this city. Yes. <laughs> Whether that's today or Monday, I'm Monday not sure. I think that's Monday because, yeah. yeah, you're right, because they've got a absolutely correct because they're going to have to. They're going to offer that decision. Um, if they offer it today, they still have to come back on Monday for and, and, the, and the it, opinions on Monday. It's a bloody shame, too, because, you know, you have all of these very radical, violent leftist uh pro-abortion groups, Jane's Revenge and other groups uh, that have threatened a day of rage, yeah. a night of rage, a night of rage. What yeah. does that hearken to? Think about that for a second. Uh, it, uh, to me, it harkens to the, 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 the night of the, the, the uh, to Crystal Knock. Right. Exactly yeah. right. And, yeah. and, you know, the uh, there were reports, night. there were reports yesterday that the uh, Homeland uh, the Department of Homeland 
uh, went to uh, various uh, uh, Christian-based uh, pregnancy centers, uh, telling them, "You better be ready for this." Yeah, like, like you better be ready for this. Yeah, absolutely. Eat your Wheaties. Uh, yeah, the, and the, again, it, it goes to the broader point uh, that that you raised in the opening segment, and that is, we have a politicized Department of Justice. Uh, we have the left has politicized oh. everything. You know, Andrew, I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah, because we're talking about the Supreme Court. Y- you see uh, legal scholars, attorneys, constitutional uh, 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 professors uh, talking about how the Supreme Court is not reacting to the will of the people. And yeah. this worries me, this idea that the Supreme Court is supposed to react to the will of the people. And somebody, I saw somebody write uh, um, on social media that uh, that the Supreme Court itself doesn't reflect the demographics of the nation. And it's insane. It's, but, that, but that person who wrote that was not a legal scholar. Tell you what, Jerry, because we're going to get into this and because we have so much going on, let's immediately go to Ripped from the Headlines. Ripped from the Headlines. So yeah, uh, I mean, you, you you raise that that point. I mean, especially right when we when we think about the decisions that came down this week, the uh, the the Brewer decision, especially yesterday, which the left fell all over itself regarding this was the New York State uh, right to carry case uh, decision written by Justice Thomas, which is and, why and an unprecedented move. The Department of Justice issued a statement saying that it disagrees. It respectfully disagrees with the court's decision. Well, that has never happened before and, and disagrees with the decision that when you read the statement that the Justice Department wrote, it's 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 very clear that they are misrepresenting what the decision actually well, said. And, and that's true, yeah. because all the commentary I've seen on this thus far m- misinterprets or purposefully uh, mis uh, misaligns the the court yeah. decision. Yeah. Uh, this this is not going to allow the OK Corral Dodge City. It doesn't undo uh, the uh, gun restrictions and and uh, requirements in the 50 states. It doesn't impact federal gun law at all. Well, and it's one of those things, right? Where, where, we, and folks, you got to understand when Jerry and I were talking about what we we're going to call the show today, there were there were many there were many many titles that were bandied about um, as we were thinking about this because this gets back into the issue of this Boggs case, the Mississippi abortion case, and how the left is blowing this all out of proportion. Oh, and we could talk about the the sort of the left trying to create some semblance of hypocrisy between the right to keep and bear arms and the right to abortion. But but set that aside for a moment. The point is, and one of the things that I wanted to say today is that, you know, Andrew and Jerry say that the sky is not falling because this is, though I think Jerry, Jerry doesn't want people to think that things are complacent. Jerry, I don't want to put words in your mouth um, that we all have to be concerned about things. But my point is, is that in the same way that the left is thinking that if the Boggs decision comes down and Roe v. Wade is completely overturned on Monday. That doesn't mean that nobody can get an abortion anywhere in America on Tuesday morning. It's not and, what it and, means at all. Right. And, and today and, it doesn't mean that that the, the state of Maryland or California or New York that have a stricter gun restrictions, somehow those gun laws are thrown out. Andrew, just quickly for the audience, tell them what the 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 decision, the gun decision is so, so the New York state law essentially said that that the right to keep and bear arms is really limited to your house, right? That you can, you're, you know, 
obviously you have to go through whatever New York state gun laws there are to get permits to have a gun, but you have to have that gun in your house. There is no right to actually carry that gun for self-defense outside of your house. Now, you know, with a, with a permit, right? So the New York state created these extraordinary hurdles in order for you to create a means test by which you could get a right to carry permit. And what the decision says is that the presumption should be on giving somebody a permit, right? So you still have to go through the permitting process to get a permit to carry a gun, but you don't have to go through these extraordinary steps. And in fact, it was pointed out in the argument uh, that probably where the the um, uh, the New York state lost this case was when their solicitor general was arguing before the, uh, the, the high court and was asked by, I believe it was Justice Alito. So if I'm a woman and I work late at night and I want to, I, I, I live in a dangerous neighborhood and I want to get a firearm for my self-defense, you're telling me that New York State would, it would have to be an extraordinary circumstance um, uh, before I would be granted that permit. And the Solicitor General said, yes. And, and essentially the, the high court said, no, th this is not the way it's supposed to be. Remember, right? Remember that fundamentally the Second Amendment is about empowerment. It's about ensuring that people are empowered to act on their own behalf. Um, the high court essentially affirmed that precept. Go ahead, Jerry. Well, and, and two things. Number one, you're right. Uh, there have been previous court decisions, as well as administrative state and, and, and state bureaucratic decisions, uh, where the police are not responsible for your personal safety. Yes. Uh, the courts and, uh, and legislatures have made this clear. You are responsible for your own personal safety. Here's, here's how I would dumb down, so to speak, the Supreme Court decision. Sorry, I know uh, I overcomplicated. No, 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 you didn't at all. But I would, I would say this. The New York State had established a subjective standard. Yes. And what the court is saying is you can have restrictions. You can have requirements for licensing to carry, but they have to be objective. Yeah. Something measurable. And the problem with New York, essentially, it led it, it, it let bureaucrats just bureaucrats just subjectively decide no, no, no. And there was no way to appeal it because it was based on sub on, on sub on subjective standards. And it, it gets into it's it's one of those things where and this is where Maryland is going to run into trouble because yes. we have this permit review board, which is essentially it's a labyrinthine process. And I I I think it's still this way because I'm no longer a Maryland. Well they, they actually made it worse because there used to be a uh that's right. That repeal. There used to be a um, a review board, a review board, and then they got that, rid of it. They got rid of it. Yeah, but but so one of the issues was that that there was a, a um, there was a presupposition in the law in Maryland that you would be not approved, and so yes. in order to be approved, you would be not not approved, which is yeah, an insane way of looking at things. And and this is exactly what the court yeah. says: we can't have these subjective standards. You know, yeah. it's a, a, a breaking news today: Wall Street Journal piece. Uh, the attorneys. Uh, who just won the case. I, I'm glad you're talking about Kirkland this, and Ellis has asked yeah. them to step away from practice, from the practice. Well, essentially what, what happened is so, so you have Paul Clement, who was a very celebrated appellate attorney. He was the solicitor general of the United States and a very good solicitor. Again, exactly the kind of person you want practicing law. Thoughtful, Unless, of course, you're, you're you're woke progressive and you're and you're caving so to the mob. It goes it goes even worse. It's even worse, Jerry, because Kirkland and Ellis has now they 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 didn't say go. What they said was we're no longer going to let you practice Second Amendment law. 
The day um, of a day of a of a victory at the Supreme and, and, Court. And let me and let me be really clear here, right? So there are listen, I don't know how many decisions in a year. Let's say that there are 20 decisions in a year. There are probably more. Um, but you know, there are a handful of attorneys in America who can say that they've won before the United States Supreme Court. Yes. And and th- those people are at the top of their profession. They are at the top of the appellate profession, which is, a, again, a small subsection of lawyers in the practicing of law. Paul Clement is at the top of his game. The day that he wins a major victory before the United States Supreme Court, Kirkland and Ellis announces that this is going to happen. Any law firm, not, I'm sorry, you know something I was going to say, any law firm in the country would and should be happy to have him. Or I think in another time, I would say up until Jerry, what would you say? Five years ago, 10 years yeah. ago, five, um, three. Uh, um, yeah. Any, any law firm would be happy to have somebody like, this. you know, this gets into right. Hold on. This gets into Cleta Mitchell losing her gig uh, at her law firm. Was it, it wasn't also Kirkland and Ellis. Was it Cleta Mitchell is a famous election attorney. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, remember. But Cleta Mitchell, who, because she defended uh, uh, Donald Trump and represented Donald Trump uh, lost her gig at, uh, at whatever, whatever firm it was. You know, this, this, this makes me think this, um, you and I, I think, had this discussion the other day, and that is in regard to, and I'll, and I'll, this is, I'm, I'm taking one and step was, backwards. Was, I'm sorry, Jerry. It was Foley and Lardner. I'm taking one step backward, take yeah. two steps fo- forward. Yeah, please. So you have this um, circumstance, the January 6th committee, uh, and they are m- making these, these arguments that there was an insurrection, there was a coup. Of course, that's not true. And we've talked about that on this show at length. There was no military cover, political cover, military cover. There was no there was no cover. There was no coup. But but even more important than that, if the vice president did refuse to seat certain electors, yeah, it wouldn't have made a difference because those electors would have gone back to the state and the state, Arizona, Pennsylvania, had already certified yes. the election on December 14th. However, it would have created, and this is where Donald Trump really should be ashamed of himself. It would have created a temporary constitutional crisis sure. because the courts would have had to come in and say, there's no remedy here. The law is clear. Yeah. These electors must be seated. Now, my point is this. In a constitutional republic, it can only function if there are ethical people tethered to the law, right, governing uh, and, and on the, uh, and on the peripheral of, of, of the government. The problem with Kirkland and Ellis, and this is, and this is it, yeah. this is my, my two steps forward. If we see legitimate law firms, corporations uh, refusing uh, to support, defend the Constitution, the law, uh, we're in for a mess here because the, it is a constitutional crisis that legal firms uh, w- would refuse clients uh, uh, based upon woke politics. You know, let me let me let me take it in a, in a slightly different perspective. I don't think I don't have any problem with law firms picking and choosing who they're going to represent. Right. I have a real problem with law firms firing people because essentially this is a constructive termination, right? Watch a, a term that I've become very familiar with, um, um, the, you know, essentially creating the conditions whereby somebody can no longer work at their place of employment because they disagree with this person's 
with this person's politics and this person's clients as a result of it. Again, it gets into the, the issue with Cleta Mitchell. But but let's talk, I want to do 30 seconds, Jerry, about history here. Because there has been a battle raging for the, the more than a generation over legal philosophy within the law. And the left has been steadily for many years trying to get rid of conservative or free market or libertarian perspectives or those on folks a host, who have those perspectives. On a host of areas, right? Climate host, change, yes. right, right. From, from, from the law, I mean, from yeah. practicing the law. So it, you know, it starts with, you know, uh, having very few law schools that admit conservatives. Um, and, and this is part of the reason why the Federalist Society was created, was to give folks who were admitted to law school a, a home. And then the Federal Society became involved in, in other aspects of promoting conservatives within the practice of law. Now we also see, right, we see Federal Society chapters being um, uh, kicked off campus or attempted to be kicked off campus. So this is a whole idea of, of, of purging this perspective from the practice of law. Yeah, Yale, Yale Law School, um, its students has uh, have uh, made the argument that that conservatives literally, literally, I Sorry, literally. Should, literally I know, but I, I, I do that. Say literally. I do that you sometimes uh, because it's. A, you watch it's the a, office. I get it. it. No, also because I, I had an old buddy of mine who would say that, and I got a kick out of it. So sure. I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing that. But that's an inside joke in my own head, which doesn't make any sense. It's all right. Do but anyway, literally, um, you have, um, uh, you have, you have Yale Law School pushing out uh, uh, conservative, uh, uh, conservative students, and again. Yes. One of the premier law schools in the in the country, uh, yes. literally saying you're not welcome here. And, and worse than that, uh, if you are a member of the Federal Society, if you are a, a conservative student, you are racist, you yes. are homophobic, you are transphobic, you are misogynist, you are anti-woman, anti-gay, anti-immigrant. And again, you know, why would it, you know, the, the, there was a wonderful piece in The Federalist this week that talked about what happens in civil society, in our culture, when you, when the institutions, corporations, the military, right? There's a big news story this week about how the, uh, how the Navy is going woke with pronouns and this yeah. transgender nonsense, but eventually, right? People respond and, and reorganize. Yes. And what's going to happen is, is that all those families for generations who have supported the military are no longer going to tell their sons and daughters it's a legitimate, honorable thing to do. Uh, you're going to have uh, uh, lawyers who might, you know, uh, potential lawyers, uh, instead of practicing law, they'll open up small businesses. My point is, is that we will reorganize and these institutions that are going woke are going to are, are going to be left um, uh, left uh, shallow and and without talent. The problem then becomes, Jerry, because you and I have talked about this, is the slow march of the death of the rule of law in America. Well, that, right? Andrew, yeah. that's where we're headed, and 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 that's and you know, and so you know, when these people do get out of this profession, right? It it, it that that is that is it. It, it you know, it, it we essentially that's where we lose. Because the only place, the only, the last bastion we have, right, if Congress isn't going to act and the administration is going to engage in all kinds of chicanery, um, and then I want to come back to the January 6th thing for a second, Jerry, um, you know, the only people who, the only place we seem to be able to win is in the courts. Now, I don't want that, right? That That's, that's again, it's it's the last bastion here. Right. 
um, and and too many too many things can go wrong, right? At some point, you, you, Congress, uh, the a president decides to expand the court from nine to twelve or nine to thirteen, and and all of a sudden, you know, we've got you know the the the, the balance gets tipped and all of this stuff gets undone. Um, but but my my point is this: yeah, we are marching toward the end of history because again, why become a an attorney? If you can't practice law, why yeah. why enter the military if you're forced to abandon your values? Uh, and again, I think this is going to impact corporate culture. Look, we're in Pride Month, and and you know everyone has been made to care. Uh, where you have um, the New York Yankees. Let me let me let me, let me take a, a moment here. Please take a moment. The New York. I love the Yankees. I mean, yes, drink out of my Yankee. The New York Yankees are having a Stonewall Night at Yankee Stadium. Now, for those who don't know, Stonewall, right, 1969, yeah. is, the, is, the, um, is day one of, of the uh, gay movement pushback on, on unfair discrimination and, 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 and a legal code that was discriminatory and, and the rest of it. And you and I can agree that, yeah, there was legal discrimination sure. against, against gay people. Uh, uh, for for generations in this country, you know, I, I just started watching Downton Abbey. Okay, and I love it. By the way, okay, I love it. And you question me going out and having couples? I know. I, I, I <laughs> well, all right, we'll get back to that. But um, but there's a there's a there's a butler who's a jerk, but he's gay, and people don't like him not because he's gay, because he's a jerk. But yes. I told my, I, but but he has to keep his his homosexuality a secret because yeah. in you know in 1912. England, he could be arrested and jailed for just sure. being gay. Yeah. So I, I recognize that there was institutional discrimination against against homosexuals, no. of course. But for Yankee Stadium, when there are eight year old boys and girls coming to the game to celebrate Stonewall in particular. Now, here's something we never talk about. Do you know what was going on at Stonewall and why? It was I do, rated? Jerry. Yes, yes. I, I, I there it this. was. It was a it was an illicit place. Uh, where sex workers uh, did their trade. Yeah. Now, my point is, is that here's a movement based upon an uprising at a place where none of us would want our children to be. Yeah. Never mind, you know, uh, uh, 53 years later, celebrating it. We should be able to have a, a, a celebration or at least an acknowledgement of past sins without having to be forced into the transgender sex worker um, uh, ideology. And that's the problem here. There is no pushback on the other no. side. I, I listen. All I know is Billy Martin would have never sat, sat still for, for this. Billy oh, Martin man. would have said something. No, I mean, but, I mean but, Steinbrenner would have said something. But, but the thing is, is that, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to make a decision here. Am I going to spend my dollars on, on, on the New York Yankees? Uh, uh, I mean, no. I, I mean, it's 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 that's extra. And again, if the Yankees are going to promote something, look, look, I'm going to go on a, one last rant here. Please. First Things has a very good piece again this week. It's called um, the Pride Reich. Yeah. OK. And yeah. it talks about how the transgender movement, what it's doing with its uh, with its um, propaganda in schools and and, and universities and corporations and society broadly is that there are certain grooves where young people kind of like, like, like almost like a pinball machine 
where young people kind of find their way uh, to making good choices. Yes. And those grooves are parents and schools and mentors and whatever, little platoons, civil society. And it kind of it kind of it kind of guides young people. Young people will make mistakes. Of course, they will. But essentially, there are guardrails up. There are grooves in our culture to help them become functioning adults. And what we're doing, what the transgender movement is doing is smoothing out those grooves. Yeah. And so young people have no more, they, they don't have guardrails. They're rails. not tethered. Yes. Yeah. They, there's no guardrails. Yeah. And that's the, but my, my point is, is that that's going to, that kind of circumstance is going to come to the law, is going to come to other facets of society. And, and where, where, where I think people of faith are going to withdraw and form their own communities and live their lives that way and well, have in happy separation and again, you know and this is and and this is the the problem right you know you want to talk about how people get radicalized right the the stovepiping of society you want people to be able to have discussions with one another about the important issues what they believe have the have these things get openly debated um when you drive those discussions I'm sorry when you make those discussions impossible to have that is when you do get resentment. That is when you do get radicalization. Um, and we have, to be, we have to be guarded about this, right? When you have a, a, a definition of racism that shifts over time right. such that anybody um, is going to be accused of racist if they, uh, racism if they say something that is out of the, 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 what the left has decided is the norm, um, that is going to create this kind of alienation and, and resentment. What you want to be able to do is engage. You, you know what I've started to do, Andrew? is, you know, because I have a, a range of children from 22 down to eight. When I do applications now, yeah, uh, I, 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 I write other. Yes. Uh, I write, I mean, well, let's, the, let's be he, fair, Jerry, you're, you know, you're, you're, your kid, your kids are Irish German. That does make them other. <laughs> but my point is, is that as, there's going to be a time when someone who is both brave and genius will claim to be, I am transgendered. Yes. And, and leverage it for, uh, for political purposes. Then again, that, that, that will make the transgender movement, right. Make, reveal it for, for, for right. its. Sure, sure, right. sure. Yes. You know, so in the same way that, that, that Leah Thomas, the swimmer is as, uh, um, and I don't remember what Leah Thomas's male name was. But, uh, um, you know, in the, that Leah Thomas made a decision that they were transgender and is now able to compete at the top of their game in terms of women right. swimming. What you're saying is that a someone who was a conservative or a libertarian is going to declare yes. themselves to be trans. Um, imagine this. Just, yes. just a fun thought experiment. And then I want to do a thought experiment. And we can move on. Sex. Yes. But imagine if um, a, a group of 18-year-old athletes um, angered over the wokeness of the team USA soccer captain. Uh, I, what's her name? Megan Rapinoe? Rapinoe. Angry at her comment about, yeah. you know, go pound sand. I don't care about your volleyball team, your women's sports. Uh, I welcome transgender. Which is, by athletes. the way, an insane perspective from someone who was at the top right. of her game in women's Exactly sports. right. It's, it's, it's elitism at, at its worst yes. is what it is. But anyway, but imagine if, you know, 25 men, uh, all try out or 30 men or 40 men or 50 men at the top of their game all decide we're transgendered and they try out for us us Absolutely. soccer of 
course. And 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 displace all those women. Yeah. I, and, and 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 here's the thing. Uh, the the gold winning U.S. women's soccer team has been beaten by high school yes, boys the, teams. The under the 15 and under. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, boys. So, yes. So don't tell me that uh, biological males um, invading women's sports doesn't disrupt women's sports. Or, or even, and let's be really clear here, even if they were to go down this road of engaging in the hormonal uh, changes, right? Taking the hormones to, to do this, making that transition. Um, they would still have that genetic superiority. This is what Diana Nyad, the long distance yeah. swimmer, was talking about, Jerry, five years ago. You Lung know, capacity, wanna, bone density. I want to move move away from this for a second because I, I want sure. I want to go back. I know that was a, that was a bit of a rabbit hole. I apologize. No, no, it's fine, and I and I appreciate that. No, but but again, I mean that the, that is something ripped from the headlines. I mean, we didn't even say we we're going to talk about Megan Rapinoe, and, and here we are. But I want to I want to talk about this thought experiment and the law and and uh, coming back to the Foley and Lardner, uh, the the Kirkland and Ellis, but also Cleta Mitchell at, at Foley and Lardner because one of the things that I got struck with yesterday, um, at the same time that one of the Trump lawyers whose name is now escaping me was on Tucker Carlson last night, his home got raided yesterday. The former yeah. Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Clark. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeff Clark. That's absolutely right. So Jeff Clark got his house raided yesterday, which is disturbing. And, 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 a, and a caveat as you continue. I don't want to. Yeah, please. This is this shows again the the the, the, the polarization of the DOJ this. because why is the FBI working in tandem with the January Six Committee? Well, there, there's that aspect of it, and and it's it is also, you know, again there are differences of opinion, and I want to say this much. You know, because you and I briefly chatted about this yesterday. Let's assume for a moment that the, the left is fundamentally wrong here, that there was some kind of chicanery going on. Now, we know that there were election laws that certainly had an issue with it. We know there are allegations still out there about ballot box tampering. But but set all of this, set, 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 let's say that the allegations are not just allegations, that we that we in fact that Donald Trump was right, that there was a wholesale Right. Um, um, a wholesale abuse of, of the process um, and setting aside even that, that there was um, that there was the, not this compressed time frame. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sort of searching here. It's not what I intend to do. My point is Jerry, let's say that, that we were going down this road of trying to have an actual investigation into this and right. that Donald Trump is still president of the United States until the new president is inaugurated at the end of January. Right. Uh, the, you know, the, um, what would you call a speaker of the house of the opposite party who goes to the vice president of the United States and demands that the 25th. Amendment I wish I had a bell, Andrew, yes. because again, there's so much to unpack yes. that you mentioned leading up to this, but let's just for a second, focus on. I mean, I just want Jerry. That I'm asking that question be, because I wanted to make sure that I was not crazy when I had that thought. No, Clearly I'm not. That would yes. be a coup. Yes, thank you. Dan, that thank would you. be an actual yes. insurrection in the sense that there's a conspiracy of leaders wanting to remove a legitimate elected president, and they would have abused the 25th Amendment. And it, it was not meant. The 25th Amendment is not meant to. Uh, remove a president with whom you dislike or disagree um, uh, with whom you think is, 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 you know, off his rocker in terms of his politics. Yes. It wasn't meant for that. No, 
It would have been a coup. And again, that shows the, it's not even hypocrisy anymore, but this hierarchy, this elitist of, of thinking uh, that it's our way, regardless oh. of the means. And so uh, all yeah. of this talk, by the way, of, of I'm who so glad you mentioned that. asking for pardons beforehand. But, but by the way, the, uh, uh, again, they, they actually named names finally. Yes. But no context. Yes. And also, 100%. there's a group of congressmen, one in particular, his name escapes. He says, I never asked for a pardon. Yeah. So Pro- probably Matt Gates, but yeah. No, it wasn't Gates. It was uh, one of the other guys. Um, uh, I, I'll look for it later. But regardless, they name names yeah. with no context. One of the congressmen are saying, this is insane. It never happened. Yeah. And, and, and then they just, they just, with a very anticlimactic uh, uh, thud, they end the hearings. But, but this is my point, Jerry. It's almost as though, right, all of this has been a smokescreen to cover up what the Democrats were actually trying to do. Right. That in yes. the end. Well, and know, also, look, Time Magazine, you and I talked about this. Folks, trust but verify. Time Magazine several months ago uh, uh, had a piece where they actually said the secret thing out loud that there was in the 2020 election and the lead up to it. There was a uh, there was a conspiracy, an allied um, uh, uh uh, allied arrangements between law schools and corporations and politicos and state uh, as state representatives to their term fortify fortify the election so to guarantee Donald Trump would lose. Yeah. They and also, I mean, again, the problem with Donald Trump is is that he's well, what's the word for it? Um, he's a narcissist. Yes. Um, and he's he's not curious about the things. You know, it, time out yeah. for a second. Uh, let me can I can I crystallize this for you, please? Because I'm I had a getting frustrated. I will never forget this. I had a conversation with a colleague of ours in the movement who was an early adopter of Donald Trump back when you and I were still very much Trump skeptics. <laughs> you read that uh, my uh, my Facebook post. Remember I sent it to you? No, oh, yes. About about Donald Trump. I, I, I didn't realize how anti-Trump I was. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And, and we should we should find that. But my, my point, my point is this, that this person said that. So so you have you have presidents who are motivated by they have an ideological philosophy. And I, we can talk about Donald Trump's, you know, whether or not MAGA make America great again. America first is a philosophy. I'm yeah. sure he believes that. But this person said that Donald Trump just wants to be the best, whatever it is that he's doing. He wants yes. to be the best. That is his goal. Yes. Um, and, yes. And so, you know, and so this is what motivates. And you and I grew up yeah. watching Donald Trump. Yes. Right. He, I mean, the, the, this famous New Yorker, he wanted to be the best at yes. real estate, the best at, at, uh, at television, the best at casinos. I, I, listen, I will never right. forget the, 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 the comic strip Bloom County. The, the Burke breathed, the, the creator of that was obsessed with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's narcissism. Yeah. Um, and and he and, and at one point in time, there was a, a character named Bill the Cat, who was this scraggly stray cat, the yeah. ugliest sin, always vomiting. Well, somehow Donald oh, Trump's brain got put into Bill the Cat's body. And it <laughs> created this whole thing where he wanted to have the best fish heads ever. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so, hilarious. But yeah. here's the here's the bottom line on this, and that is. 
uh, Donald Trump showed himself to be a person of low character. Yes. Uh, he should have immediately called that mob to stop. He did not. He should not have been scheming with uh, John Eastman. And by the way, Eastman's a is a scholar and a good guy. I'm acquainted yes. with him, but he must have fallen into the the Trump aura of wanting to help his president. The scheme was a scheme. It, w- it would it would never have held up uh, legally. Donald Trump should have gracefully uh, accepted defeat, even though it, the, the election was fortified against him, even though the 2016 I said I said to you earlier today, a 10 minute clip of all these Democrats yes. and media. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull that up in a second. Yeah. I'll, I'll pull that up in a second. We're because talking about how the 2016 election was stolen. So Donald Trump had good reason to be angry in 2020. He had good reason uh, to mistrust the process of what happened in Pennsylvania and other states. But however, a good man would have said for the for, for the for the best of the country, yeah, I'm going to concede and then I'm going to come back and get you in 2024. So and so in my mind, the January 6th committee has done one thing that is actually bad for Democrats and progressives and the media, and that is um, I think it makes it impossible for Donald Trump to run for president in 2024. I really do. Yeah. And I think that's the worst thing for Democrats. I, I you know, I listen, I, I'm always I'm always uh, uh, cautious about these things because, uh, of course, counted, but, I, but I, think listen, about this. I'm the person I'm the person who in August of 2015 said that I had a better chance of becoming president in the United right. States. Than Donald I, Trump. I, I get it. But but think but, about this for a second. We know this to be true over the last Trump years, and that is Donald Trump more than any other uh, uh, figure, maybe in American history since Andrew Jackson, uh, so uh, so rallied the other side. Yes. Like Republicans, look, it's it's already done. It's baked in. Republicans are going to win somewhere between 40 and 70 seats uh, in, in 2022. It is baked in. It's going yeah. to happen. Uh, most likely the Senate will go Republican maybe by 51, 52 votes. Republicans will control that, both the House and the Senate. In 2022, they will build on those gains in 2024 if it's a, if Tim Scott, if Christy Nome, if Ron DeSantis run for office. And, and we're looking at a real a real political um, uh, reshifting. However, if Donald Trump runs in 2024, uh, I think we see more of the same. I agree. He, he might be successful, uh, but I think you'll see um, moderate, moderate Republicans and others break well, away. Gonna, listen. It's going to I mean, listen, I think there's going to be continued breakage because, you know, Donald Trump broke so many people's brains, regardless of (laughs) who was the Republican nominee. But uh, but this is hey, just real quick, Jerry, I want to pull this up. So it's for those of you who aren't watching um, and sometimes I do encourage you if you're listening, that's great. It's wonderful. Uh, but but you should you can watch us on YouTube and and, and rumble. I've pulled up this. uh, I think it's 1988 or 1989 uh, Bloom County strip. Um, um, I, I, can you see this, Jerry? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Donald yeah. Trump's head on the penguin's body. I want yeah, the yeah. biggest, tallest, most expensive, glamorous herring head. And then I guess that's uh, uh, is that supposed to be Ivana? Because we were still married to Ivana at the time uh, next to him. Or Phyllis Dilla. It looks like Phyllis Dilla. I, I know it looks like <laughs> Phyllis Dilla. Um, and so hold on. And then you were talking about this issue of, uh, of um, Democrats uh, yeah. Questioning so elections. while you pull this up so, so for our listeners who support President Trump, listen, I understand wholeheartedly why Trump would be angry, uh, feel abused that he was he was robbed. I get all that. But at some point you have to make it like, look, Andrew and I were fathers, yeah. all the mothers and fathers out there. Uh, sometimes you sacrifice yourself 
because you want to help your children. Absolutely. Uh, those who have formed small businesses, uh, you take financial risks and you and you take uh, and and you leverage your 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 life savings for the business, right? Captain Kirk would sacrifice himself for the enterprise. Yes. My point is, is that that's the thing that Donald Trump should have done but didn't do. And if he had done it in 2020, if he had sacrificed himself to come back and fight another day, we'd be having a totally different conversation now. But instead, he put Trump first. Yes. And that, yes. And that was the problem. But here, here we go. Here's what Jerry was talking about in terms of the, uh, the, the uh, I'm not going to play all 12 minutes, obviously, but here, is, uh, here are the Democrats denying election results. Possibly. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. Hillary Clinton. Yes. And you can have the election stolen from you. Oh, did she say that? Of Democrats denying election results. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's the real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president. That's Kamala Harris. Win, so how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. Jimmy Carter. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this. John Lewis. President-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, in fact, it is proven, uh, is has been assisted by the Russians and may, Hudson in fact, Terry. not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump All right. is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being so, president the is point that here. finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. All right. I have an objection. I am oh, Jamie Raskin. State of yes. North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. But there absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question. Yes. So that was a very tainted election. And, and in that sense, it's, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. There we go. Let's let's, let's so, end but, it but, there. But remember this now. The January 6th yeah. committee is prosecuting uh, the FBI is investigating this gentleman you talked about, the former Jeff DOJ. Uh, uh, he, his house yesterday was raided, armed yes. FBI agents. And essentially, they're being accused of doing what all these Democrats, including Jamie Raskin, by yes. the way, who's on the J6 committee, they all did this. Uh, Hillary Clinton hired uh, uh election law experts and advocacy groups. Nancy Pelosi's daughter ran a campaign uh, to uh, try to convince electors to change their minds. Right. So my point is, if all of a sudden this is now insurrection, this is a coup, then we have to go back and prosecute Jerry Nadler, uh, Jamie Raskin, and, and, let me, uh, and, and all the rest of them. Let me add something to this, Jerry. Can you imagine... If this had been if, if if Barack Obama had not been elected in 2008, but instead was elected in 2012 and it was a Barack Obama versus Donald Trump matchup. And there were these allegations of election interference by the Russians. Oh, and by the right. way, yeah. Andrew, uh, there were no. Attempts by the Russians uh, oh, oh, to yeah, undo. Yeah. I mean, no, look, but I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not in not in any right. other and, and not 
in any different way than they've done so my, for the my, past the 50 point years. That I raise this is the only thing that sets this election, the 2016 and the 2020 elections apart, is that is that we didn't have an incumbent president running for re-election. I, I, I dare say, given the reaction, right? Given given the way that you, you take this, if you take this at face value, if Barack Obama had been the candidate, one could make the case that that the Democrats like Jamie Raskin and Sheila Jackson Lee and others who would who question the legitimacy of the Donald Trump election, uh, that they were interfering and that they were engaging yes. in essentially. A, so a, yeah. essentially, the J6 committee made the case this week that these congressmen who voted not to seat electors were seeking pardons because they were interfering with an election. They were participating in a coup. Jamie Raskin did the exact, exact yes. no difference. There's no contextual difference. There's no legal. He did the exact same thing. And yet he's now sitting on the J6 committee. Yes. I don't understand. This would not be accepted. Uh, imagine if there is a committee, a congressional, a robust congressional committee, one that's bipartisan, by the way, yeah. not like this one, uh, to investigate um, uh, sexual abuse uh, on campuses, yeah. on, on university campuses. And on that committee sat Ted Kennedy. Yeah. On that committee uh, sat uh, other members of Congress who, who are known uh, to have abused and sexually, uh, sexually, there'd be outrage. Yes. Here we have just, and this is the problem. This is where, going back to where we started the show. This is why our institutions have been hijacked. Uh, and 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 what bothers me is there are intelligent people. Look, Andrew, today on Twitter, just kind of going through looking for uh, looking for items, uh, news items for real clear and that sort of thing. Um, there's a again, a law professor uh, who writes someone who has over 200,000 uh, followers on Twitter yeah. saying that. Uh, the Supreme Court should be dissolved because it doesn't follow the will of the people. Oh, there are uh, U.S. Democratic senators who represent 40 million, uh, 40 million more Americans than Republican uh, Republican uh, senators that we have to do away with, essentially do away with the Electoral College, you know, do do away with Repu Republic, uh, Republican democracy, do away with everything. Because they don't like the outcome. So, so hold on for a second, because this is a perfect segue into uh, our last segment, uh, the segment we call The Bottom Line. The Bottom Line. It's interesting you bring that up, Jerry. I am in the process of working on my next essay for the, uh, uh, the folks at Constituting America, um, their 90-day study of the Constitution. And in this essay, it's going to be out actually not until July 8th, but I'm working on it now because i got a lot of stuff between now and July 8th. Um, it is about the Communist Manifesto and mentions of class and, and why there are no class distinctions in the Constitution. That's what we're talking about here. And so I've been going and doing research and trying to pull up writings on this. There aren't actually a lot of writings about this, but one of the writings comes from um, uh, the American socialists, essentially. And in it, they're talking about the things that would make America less of a classist society. I don't think America is particularly classist, but, but you know, set that aside for a moment. But one of the things that they talk about is the issue of the disparity between um, um, uh, the, the, the issue of, of representational democracy and the United States Senate. 
Now, now, keeping in mind, right, that as the founders originally envisioned the Senate, the Senate was actually supposed to be much, much more responsive to the people because it was going to be senators were selected out of state legislatures by state legislatures themselves, that it wasn't this sort of elitist um, uh, place where good bills go to die. You only have to deal with your constituencies, but once every six years. But the point is that, that, that all of these things, that the, the Senate and the Electoral College are two things that the Socialist Party of America wants to wants to get rid of and i think that should, that that sums it all up there yeah, but my this daughter's is, re- sorry. sorry go ahead no my daughter's reading a book um i, I forget the title i think it's called nations and okay. essentially it essentially makes the case that america is so america look america is a very diverse country diversity 100%. um and in fact this book makes the case that there would be if america w- w- were to be divided by culture they essentially would be 11 different nations. Yes. And in my mind, that makes the case and why the founders were correct with the Electoral College, because you don't want any one group, one class. You don't want any one culture, one city or cities to dominate the entire country. And the Electoral College protects uh, minority protects the minority from the majority mob and why and the, and the left and there was a time when the left understood this but because it no longer suits their purposes they they changed their mind here's another thought experiment for you and i'll, and I'll be quiet so we're seeing numbers and it would be interesting how this turns out where um asian americans hispanic americans african americans are just abandoning the republican party Democratic. i'm sorry abandoning the democratic party for the republican party or at least they're transitioning right yes so here's here's the question what if all of a sudden uh we get a republican senator from new york uh what if we get uh uh, in some of these bluer purple states uh we see more republicans elected because of this this shift uh will, will then will then the democrats and the progressives change their tune and be like what if the next election 2024 what if ron desantis uh wins 60% of the hispanic vote in america yeah it would be a it would be a colossal um uh uh what's well, the word I mean, for I mean, tidal then, wave election then you would you would see you would see the the retrenchment of their efforts to undo these basic institutions of our republic uh, you know wholesale. or would they say oh no we have to have the electoral college well, and i and i and i and i say this jerry because we're, we're seeing this right now with regards to the issue of gas prices right yeah. you know it's the issue of the denial of reality and trying to make reality bend to their particular will <laughs> again we need a we need a ring a be- yeah, um, we need a bell you you're know, right i'm i'm you know i, I do want to i would do want to shift gears a little bit because one thing we didn't talk about today was was the issue of gas prices and inflation? I filled and my car up. My, I filled my 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 caravan up, so I was on. I was near empty, yeah. and and uh, stopped in. Uh, Eric and I were bringing some things to the recycling center, and I said, "Sweetheart, let me stop and get gas." I did, uh, and it was uh, ninety dollars. Jeez, uh, uh, two years ago, it would have been thirty-one dollars. Sure, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is this is real now. No, and, and, and that's exactly it. And, and, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about is. You and you hear the, annou- hear the announcement, by the way. Uh, 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 Joe Biden today was an, uh, uh, leaked that he is considering a ban on all, all offshore drilling in America. <laughs> in the midst of, a, of a cri- an energy crisis, this president uh, uh, might soon announce 
all offshore drilling uh, is I mean, to be this banned. Is, this is the this is the insanity, and this is my point as to why they're they're just not going to learn, um, because it's it's about this transition. It's about the great reset, and it sounds like I'm engaging in conspiracy theorizing. They say it themselves. But, yeah, the, but they've been saying the quiet part out loud. We are yeah. transitioning to this other thing at a time, by the way, right? And I, I put up this meme earlier this week. Right. At the same time, they're warning about massive rolling blackouts because of energy demand, electricity demand this summer. They want to have an increase in the in the draw on the energy supply supply by making everybody get an electric car. You know, Uh, I I do want to. But hold on. I I want to make sure I want to caution my conservative friends about the issue of the gas tax holiday. Now, at the beginning of all of this, right, when when gas was starting to spike up. I, I understood and I applauded it because, you know, I thought that it would be a temporary thing, right? I thought that maybe just maybe they would come to their senses and realize, you know, we're doing something. And then, of course, as, as it drags on, what do I mean by this? What I mean is that the Democrats and the Biden administration would realize the role that the administration's policies were playing in the run-up to gas prices. The problem is, besides the fact that the gas tax, that, that, that having an 18-cent um, a reduction in, in gas prices isn't going to really help anybody over the long term if you look at the economics of gas, right? Right. Of course. Um, at the same time, what it will do is it will it will both drive up demand because people who had been sort of which will do what, Andrew? Well, hold on. It'll drive up demand because there are people who had been not wanting to take certain trips will in fact take those trips. Uh, but it also sends a and and that will put pressure on the supply. But at the same time, it will also signal to the futures markets that the Biden administration is not serious about increasing right. supply over the long term. And it'll Both do a third things. thing. Yes. It'll do a third thing, which is if you increase demand, put pressure on supply at the same time, tell the futures markets that we're not going to change policy. It's going to drive up the price. Well, that's my point. That's the point. Yeah. 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 We'll say, uh, I'm, I'm saying the obvious out loud. Yeah. It'll drive up the price, which then will lead to what? It will lead the administration and their allies in the media to say, look, this has always been about the oil companies. Yeah, we just have a we, we have a gas holiday, gas tax holiday. And, and they raise the price prices is going up. Yes. You know, yes. And, and, oh. and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because most Americans and that's this is the actually thing. that's the important point, Jerry. The other important yeah. point in this is that it, it gives them the opportunity to further blame the oil companies. Go ahead. Exactly. But and again, how I've been amazed, uh, even for me, these last couple, three weeks, on the absolute ignorance of the American people when it comes to our history, our laws, our constitution, Congress, and all the rest of it, but also just basic economics. Yeah. Again, this is anecdotal, but you know, my wife belongs to various different groups on Facebook. You know, the our local community has a group, and the moms have a group, and this. So, and, and so, she reads the comments to me, and I'm telling you, it's nine to one. Uh, where where the soccer moms and these mom groups and these community groups are all are all blaming capitalism and uh, the oil companies for the uh, for the spike in gas prices when it's plain as day that this has to do with policy prescriptions enacted. Uh, I, I read look I read yesterday that there are close to five thousand 
leases that this administration won't allow drilling. Yeah. And here's the thing. Even if all of a sudden they allow for the drilling, it, ma- it doesn't even matter short term because where's the capital to go exactly. and do the, the drilling? Financing. And then yeah. even worse than that, we we have regular we, we have a regulatory regime of the EPA that makes it impossible to refine gasoline. Yeah. So unless the administration is going to ease up on these on these policies and, and this is my this is my this is what scares me. I don't want the American people to get used to higher gas prices. Yes. Get yes. used to not visiting grandma and grandpa, not taking the trip, putting their shutting their air conditioners off. At a, they, at a time, hold on, Jerry. Yeah. At a time, by the way, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, at a time when airfare prices are going up and air travel is like the worst thing you can do. Yeah. I read a piece the other day. Um, a, a series of travel tips from a flight attendant and trip and, and tip number one was if your if your trip can be driven, uh, you know, something, let me ask you this before I get to this. Uh, at what length is it whereby you you have to fly somewhere you will not drive? You know, what's the what's the maximum time in the car that you will spend where you where you will you will fly instead of drive? I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I. I, more than a thousand miles. Okay. All right. So I, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I, I if, if no, no, okay, if, that's we perfect. travel so, to Florida, I would drive to Florida. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, so, and that makes, and that's, that's about the way it is for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things where, and so this woman says that if your trip, like our daughter goes to college six and a half hours away. Right. And, and so you can either drive or you can fly. Um, and after the last experience that we had, where we brought our daughter up for a high school graduation, I, have I told, I told you the story, right? I mean, it was, a, it so was a, yeah. my daughter was supposed to fly back because she had a, a Monday morning class. Her flight was supposed to leave at seven o'clock in the evening, was going to get her down to Charleston a little after uh, eight o'clock, or she was going to leave at eight and get her in after nine. We got the notification 24 hours in advance. The flight was not just delayed, but substantially delayed. And as it happened, it wound up if it left at all, it left like something like five in the morning, which is just you're not on probation. You're in super secret, uh, double secret probation. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we made the decision to send her on the train, but we were seriously considering the, the, the drive here. The, the point is this flight attendant said, if your, if your travel time by car is seven hours or less, you should drive instead of fly. Like, like, you know, we're going to go up to New York in November. Um, we will most likely drive instead of fly, even though it's, you know, right. it's essentially a f- full day in the car. Um, but, but that's, you know, I was looking at it at one point when I was looking at airfares, cause I'm going to freedom fest for those of you who don't know, I'm going to freedom fest, uh, in July to do two presentations. Um, freedom fest is in Las Vegas. And whereas I used to be able to fly to Vegas for maybe $400, $500 at most, you know, it's now going to cost me close to a thousand dollars to fly there. So I said, you know something, I'm going to look, I'm going to do the math. Maybe I should drive, you know, it's, it's, it'll be a two day drive, but I'll have a car. I'll go. It was going to cost me more to drive than it was to fly, which is also insane. I mean, it is, it is a crazy, but here's the thing. This is what they want. You know, you know, Fred Smith, again, I mentioned Fred Smith often, our old mentor, president of CEI. Yes. Uh, He would, he would say things like the progressives or the left, uh, they th- their war is really with modernity. Yes, they 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 want us to roll back technology, but not for them. And and and, that, and that's what I mean. It's not yeah. hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. They want you 
to sit in a house in the winter or a hot house in the summer. They want you uh, to not take your family on vacation or visit your parents who might be uh, a long drive away. But for them, again, and this you know, is this is this is personalized uh, with with the uh, with our with our climate czar, uh, Senator Kerry. Yes. This is a man who is mega rich, who owns yachts and planes, and he's going around telling the rest of us not to go on vacation, shut the lights off uh, and, 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 and conserve. And, it, you know, it's interesting you say this, because as we were talking about the transition to socialism and, and what we're working on, one of the hallmarks of socialism in practice or communism in practice, right? The, the stated purpose of, of Marxism is to get rid of the class distinction. Everybody is equal from each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. Whereas we all know that that the hallmark of socialism in practice has always been the massive schism between the haves and the yeah. have-nots, the special privileges that the elite and those who are in power, right, in Soviet Russia or in any, right, in any Marxist structure, Maoist structure, Stalin Cuba. structure. Um, I'm sorry, what did you say? Cuba. Cuba. Um, I said that the way Kennedy would say it, but, but North Korea, China, et cetera, right? Science, China has a social crediting system, which really does, you know, give you privileges based upon your, you, you know, how committed you are to the party. But the point is, you know, in Russia, if you were a member of the party elite, if you towed the party line, you had a car, you had access to special stores, you had access to special apartments, all of those things that would not be available to the actual, access to better doctors, yeah, better schools, the, the proletariat, uh, yes. to better food, to better food, Andrew. Yeah, no, I, yes, and and this is this is my point is that is that so this is this is the hallmark, and you're absolutely correct. Listen, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, we talked about the bottom line. I want to because because I'm, I'm cognizant of, of the time here. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we went. My wife and I went to a graduation party. And had a lovely, lovely time. We wound up meeting a couple of couples there, uh, parents of kids who were in school with uh, our kids, and and, the, 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 <laughs> and and we were really taken. And I was like, you know something? Oh, I said, Jerry, Jerry you know we met. I met this nice guy, and he's we uh, these couples, and, and, and we're like, and, and you're really telling me his, his, you tell me what he does for a living, and he he was dressed sharply there was one there was one else. guy he was a one guy's a banker the other guys are a urologist oh my goodness and and, and you know they're and the one family is from new jersey the other family is from new york and and we were getting along really well with them and Get, listen like, to it he's getting along really well with yeah, the we're couple. getting along you know, having a great time. these are people i would like to hang out with and i say uh, to jerry these are people i think we can to hang out with have, them why have, have couple dates with why <laughs> As, well, because this is how you, how you make friends, Jerry. This is my point. This that, is don't you have friends? Is... Don't you have friends? No, actually, Jerry. Yes, you do. I'm your, I'm your, I'm oh, your yes. buddy. Uh, you, you're my buddy. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you live like... three plus hours away, so right? What? We were... And so it's a funny thing is I'm telling Jerry. So you want someone people. locally to play with to go to restaurants with? I, you know, yes, I would like to be able to go out and and again, and why another couple? Because it's why? nice to be able to talk about what's going on in the world. I don't want to talk to some stranger about. 
about right. his job that I don't care about and the, but I, where but, he buys but, but his I do shoes. care about these things. A stranger is just a friend you haven't oh, met, Jerry. <laughs> it's so I'm sorry, it's so weird. It, it's 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 I think it's, 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 it's an odd thing. It is not an odd thing. I think your perspective on this is very strange. So what? you might I have I have friends. So, I asked Jerry I, this. so talk about this, Jerry. Because on the one hand, right, you will you will not go out to dinner with another couple and your wife. No, but you will go over and hang out at people's houses with your wife. Yes, I will. Yes. Okay. That doesn't seem more swingerish to you than, than what I'm talking. No, about. because because it's 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 an occasion. There's kids running around. There's stuff going on. You want to go out like with 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 a couple. So like so like tonight. I, wanna, to do, I, I don't to mind do like, here. I, I don't mind being in a crowd and enjoying other people's company, but I don't want to have an intimate setting with them where we're sharing appetizers and and oh and I hey here's a, and who who pays the bill. Well, okay, it's very that's very easy. You there are no. two ways to, there are two ways to do it. Either you say to the waiter, "Hey, uh, we're on separate checks." You know, uh, us two are together; those two are together. Or, and by the way, waiters the, hate that they hate separate well, checks. You know, something I don't mind that because I tend to overtip waiters. So you know, something. Like, what what if the other guy doesn't? What if well, you then, then, what if you overtip and he doesn't tip? That's not on me. I you know, well, uh, no, you're I, out with no, them. No, no. You're out with them. You're sharing a meal that, with them. That's fine. But I, 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 I don't want to have dinner with someone, and I don't know how they're going to tip. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why you would let that wrap yourself around. Oh, because I, Matt, because because well, you, look, you've been out with me at a restaurant, yes. and I engage with the sure. with the maitre d with the staff. I'm you know, I go to Morton's with me. I know everybody. Yes. Right? So I don't want to go to Morton's with a couple, and then the schlep I'm with. Doesn't tip the waiter, okay, but that means you need to know who you're going with. I mean, it's so so. You just met him at a party. So I meet someone at a party, and all of a sudden I'm going to go have dinner with them. Why? Well, you have to get to know somebody. How do you get to know people? I don't know, but <laughs> the thing See? is, okay, this but is here's the do. thing: I, I'm not going to share a meal with someone if I don't know if they're going to tip the waiter well. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you how my mind works. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> It's that the truth. Is awesome. Look, look, here's what happens with me. Because there are occasions when I do go out with other people. And you know what I do? You pay the bill. I, I pay the bill. Well, okay, I've done that before. And that has come, by the way. And that's what I do is I, I end up posterior. paying the bill all the time. And well, I don't like do doing it. Too. Sometimes, you know, you say, okay, I'll get this one. You guys get the next one. Yeah, but what uh, if you don't that, like them? You don't go out to dinner with them again. Well, okay, but that's, well, then you, you pay the bill and then you never see them again. But the point uh. is. You know, I, I, expensive, I, I, I two stories expensive, here. expensive so, experiment. So the, people on new friends. With, the people we're having dinner with tonight, the, the wife. Tends oh, my to God. You dinner with someone tonight. Yes, we're going out. We're going on out a Friday night. Yes. Why do you take your wife out on Friday night? Well, I am taking my wife out on Friday night. As it happens, I'm also taking my wife out tomorrow night. We got a thing we're going to tomorrow night. Oh, you'll love this. Roe v. Wade is overturned, Andrew. It was announced. Yes. Announced. Praise God. Wow. Yes. So it that was announced good on a Friday. Goes back to the States. I'm getting updates. Yeah, right I got here. it. Got it here. Got it here. Got Woo! it here. I got, I've got that the is good news. So hold that on. Good I'm pulling news. up the opinion. I'm going to share it. Praise the Lord. Praise and, God. This is yes. good news. This is good. Right. This is this is awesome. Good news. Good for the Republic. Good for the law. Good for our culture. Well, I mean, oh, let's, good for well, unborn let's, children. Let's let's make sure that let's read the decision before we. Uh, Wow. Before we go and do this. Wow. Um, all right. Held. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey, Roe and Casey are overruled. And the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people uh, and uh, and their elected representatives. Now, let's be really clear about this. 
what that means is, and hold on, I want to well, see. Literally nothing changes. It, well, it, I mean, it, it, it changes insofar as, as, as Roe is overturned. Good Lord's a huge introduction. But for California, for Maryland, for New York. Yeah, it for, doesn't change it. For, for 23 states, nothing changes. So it is. So it is still Alito delivering the opinion of the court in which uh, Thomas Gorsuch, Kavanaugh and Barrett joined. Uh, Roberts did not join. Interesting. Uh, Thomas and Kavanaugh filed concurring opinions. Uh, Roberts filed an opinion concurring in the judgment. Okay, so he concurs in the judgment, but he wrote a separate opinion. Uh, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan filed the decision. So uh, explain, explain to the audience what that means. Roberts. So what filed that means is that concurring that, in the judgment. Okay, so when there are arguments that are made um by both sides in a, in a case and and a vote is taken and justices can believe that the arguments are sound but they can believe for different reasons so what happens is that this is a 6-3 decision to um uh, to to uh, enforce or uphold the Mississippi law and overturn Roe and Casey but what it means is is that Roberts has different reasons for doing it which is interesting Jerry because this gets into your concept of splitting the baby um um, that is, that is, that is big, big, big stuff here. Um, wow. Sorry, as, as, as you, as, so you're, you're, you're going, Look, I, um, so I, I, we can't, we can't read the whole thing uh, on the air. This um, is remarkable. I remember, I remember back in the nineties, uh, Eric and I were attending one of, sorry. It's all right. You're overwhelmed here. It's it's fine. Let me. What will you will you will you you know collect yourself for a second? I remember in the '90s uh, when um, we were at, we were at, at an event in D.C. and uh, uh, there was a, there was some some uh, some discussion that this could be the year Roe v. Wade was to be overturned. And then Sandra Day O'Connor came out and and with her decision in, in Casey was it Casey? Yeah. I think. I think anyway, and and but I remember the time people people were saying, well, that's it. It'll never happen. And I remember. I remember. Right. Thinking that a just nation could not continue with such an unjust decision. And this, in my mind. Reaffirms the uh, the 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 experiment of of America, of the ideals based. This is this is this has been this is like Dred Scott being overturned sure. in my mind yeah. anyway i'm uh, sorry go ahead so and it well anyway it, you know it's it's interesting because i didn't bring it up today but there was a really galling fact i'll pull it up now there was a really galling piece in the nation uh yesterday or the day before by a writer named sophie lewis who uh, i'm pulling up her twitter feed in which she said outright um um hold on she said outright that abortion is killing and that women should embrace that yeah, which is uh, there's been all kinds of yeah, social yeah, yeah, media yeah. The, posts. The uh, the 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 uh, the um the nation. The headline of it. This is really a piece that was written in the nation two days ago. Wow. Abortion involves killing, and that's okay. To be pro-choice is to be against forced life. Um, but let me let me. But again, but again think about the intellectual dishonesty there, because no one is forcing anyone uh, to procreate. Well, no that's one's exactly forcing it. anyone. 
uh, to have um, unprotected sex. And again, look, the problem here, too, and this has to do with um, with with the uh, same sex marriage debate. And again, I'll clarify. You and I have said this a thousand yeah. times that, you know, if you want to organize your life and, and have a same sex relationship uh, and, and uh, you know, partnership, uh, intimate, intimate partnership for life, that's your business. But that being said, when we untether uh, uh, marriage from childbearing, uh, we, we, we've, we've done damage to our culture. And I understand there are all different types of couples, older couples, uh, in, uh, couples that are not fertile. But the fact of the matter is, uh, for 2000 years, the idea of marriage was you, you, you get married and, and, and you have a family. And we untethered that. And it has caused all kinds of social problems in our country. I mean, again, we didn't touch on it today. Uh, we have a we have a violent uh, crime epidemic in America. Yeah. And the number one, the number one cause of it is fatherless yeah. homes. The, and the, yet we don't the, even talk the about number it. one sort of variable that is attached to this. Yeah. And yet folks won't uh, won't do this. Um, I, I you know, I, I, I took off the, the sharing of, of the, the decision because like, we can't read it on the air. And sure, sure, sure. Only a couple minutes left in the show. I, I'm doing squared off or square off after this. So one uh, will assume that this is going to be a, a, a topic of conversation on it. Um, but I don't know. I would be very curious to see uh, how this opinion differs from the draft opinion. Um, yeah. And yeah. clearly somebody is going to be reading furiously right now and over the next few minutes to do that. Uh, I need to go and 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 take a couple minutes and look at what Justice Roberts had to say. Um, uh, and then one asks the question, right, Jerry, with this decision today, what is the response going to be from the White House? What is the response going to be from the Justice Department? Right. And one wouldn't normally ask that. Yeah, question. And, and, and will the DOJ, will Homeland Security, will the White House um, uh, pre-condemn violence? Because well, the left has 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 been clear that they will commit violence. Now, will, will, the, uh, will the authorities uh, protect uh, our institutions? Uh, will the Supreme Court be protected? Will the justices be protected? Will their homes be protected? Will the pregnancy crisis centers and, and other pro-life organizations around the country be protected? Yeah. And it, this is a real test for this White House. Well, and Unfortunately, I think they will fail. Well, I know, and I and I agree with you there. The, the but I'm also talking about you know yesterday's unprecedented um, a statement from the Justice Department condemning the Supreme Court's decision on on uh, gun rights, and, and, and again unprecedented. Yes, the and, the, and the, so, the 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 DOJ condemned, and by doing so, they undermine the authority of the court. That yes. was purposeful. Exactly. This DOJ, this administration. Uh, progressives in the media and in corporations and in academia and Hollywood, they want to, uh, they want to, uh, and in the name of supporting institutions, what they're really doing is undermining institutions. And, 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 and frankly, they're doing exactly what the J6 committee accuses the, uh, the Trump uh, folks of doing. They are trying to undermine democracy. And, and let's, let's be really clear here. And I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly, Jerry, because I don't claim to be an expert on abortion law. And I certainly don't claim to be an expert on Mississippi abortion law. But, um, but um, Mississippi still allows for abortion. It just has to be before 15 weeks. Correct? Right. Yes. And by the way, um, recently, uh, 
there was a there was a, a a political leader. Oh, it was Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Nancy Pelosi was asked to condemn the violence, the attempted assassination on uh, Brett Kavanaugh. She refused to condemn violence and refused to condemn the assassination attempt, which, I again, that's an easy lift. And she refused to do it. But she made the case. She said, look, she said, this is this is uniquely American. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm more articulate than Nancy Pelosi. But she said this 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 anti-abortion movement is uniquely American. In Europe, they don't have this. And I and I and I and I wanted to I, I wanted what you know, no, wait. This report the, there's a whole bunch of reporters in the room. A reporter could have asked her, well, then Ms. Pelosi, would you support uh, a European style regulation of abortion in America? Because guess what? In in the EU. Abortions cut off in 15 weeks. Well, it depends on the country. Let's be really clear. But for, for the most, but, yeah. For, yeah. but how many countries on the on the EU? Uh, Twenty two. Like whatever the number is. There yeah. there are outliers. But for the most part, if I had to make a general statement, yeah, the cutoff in, the, the cutoff in Europe is 15 weeks. And so, in, if in America, if the pro-choice movement wants to compromise at 15 weeks, I think most Americans would accept that. Yeah, here I want to. Um, I was going to pull up the. Yeah, here we go. This is it. Um, God, you know the EU laws about cookies are so <laughs> so labyrinthine. Um, here we go. This is good. Um, all right, that's. Not I wonder if uh, Facebook's going to allow me a little pro life, uh, pro life. Um, uh, you know those little frames they do. Do I get? <laughs> yeah. No, they won't. Of course. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll pull it up later. I, I or I'm not gonna. I don't need to pull it up now. Um. Listen, because we I, we do have to get out of here. I do want to. Uh, I do want to turn our attention. Uh, but... Now, look, uh, just as just one thing, Andrew. I know we got to go, but no, but, no, because I got one more question. I have a meeting. We'll I have a meet, I, I have I have a meeting in D.C. today near the Supreme Court. Now I'm wondering, do I still take the meeting? Um. Right. I would I would be uh, I would be reluctant to do that. Yeah. Right. Um, and and how sad, how sad is that? How well, sad is, is that? Right. That I have to now maybe reconsider my 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 a client meeting today uh, because it's uh, we're, we're going to be at the uh, Capitol Hill Club, oh, which yeah. is not which is not far from the Supreme well, Court. Well, listen, I think if you're at the Capitol Hill Club, I think you'll be fine there. I mean, that's. Well, that's, it was, you know, day of rage, block all the streets. Sure. But I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean. You know, this is, you know, listen, you can always take the Metro, Jerry. Oh, yeah. That'll, yeah. yeah. There you what, go. Am I, what am I? Hey, what, what, so, what, what am I taking listen, the Metro? I want to, I want to end on a, well, listen, this is, I'm joking. I love the a, Metro on a happy note. Um, but I, I do want to get your thoughts about this. So the, uh, the Elvis movie, the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie uh, with, uh, I have, well, with, I haven't uh, seen it yet, of course. I know you haven't, but this is why I want to get your thoughts on this. Here, here I, my, I here, am actually shocked at the reviews. Uh, look, the reviews range from, from uh, it, it's it's parody yeah. uh, to um to i mean that's it i mean it's it's just it's 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 over the top parody yeah. but remember this director you know he 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 was the director of other movies uh uh gatsby yeah uh, and 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 he's right. been accused of of uh, of vamping it up of overdoing oh, yeah, that's it. what he does that's right. that's his that's and his so thing. but here's the thing the family responded differently yeah elvis's family uh, uh priscilla 
uh, and 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 Lisa Marie and and his grand granddaughter and others have have liked the movie. Well, so so my my guess is this: if you are not an Elvis fan, if you don't know if you if you don't know Elvis and and his 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 remarkable lasting influence on our culture, um, you might go into this and think it's a it's a it's Liberace. Well, it, well, so I have, I have a theory, by the way, and I'll, okay. and I'll get into this in a second. Um, I, and I will say this. I am not a Baz Luhrmann fan. No, neither, not, neither I, am I. I, 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 I didn't agree. Particularly, didn't particularly like Romeo and Juliet. Didn't particularly right. like uh, um, um, uh, Gatsby was horrible. I didn't like Gatsby. Yeah. I, I also was also not a fan of the 1973 Gatsby with uh, with Robert Redford and, and Bruce Dern. Um, and then also didn't like uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, yes. So, you know, but yeah. this is his this is his thing. Um, I have a theory, though. Now, you and I've had this discussion. Uh, there's a there's the famous line in uh, Public Enemies. Welcome to the Terror Dome, where Chuck D says uh, Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant S to uh, me. I hate, see how yeah. straight up racist that sucker was simple and plain mother F him and John Wayne. And you and I've had this discussion yeah. where you have very yeah. passionately and rightly defended Elvis as not being a racist, being the opposite. Well, no, Elvis, let me make my, my, let me make my point very clear. Please. Elvis Presley in terms of the civil rights movement is as important as Jackie Robinson. There you go. Okay. See, and, and my point is that, that Elvis being the important place that Elvis took or the important, um, I'm not going to say role, but the important outlook that Elvis took in terms of race relations in the 1950s and the 1960s, that is portrayed in this movie. And I suspect that some corners of the left oh, are not happy about very interesting. the resurrection of Elvis as being actually not, uh, not just racist, but anti-racist, you know, not just. Yeah, you know. but, but, but it, it, look, I, I, you know what kind of Elvis fan I am. I know you are. I mean, in fact, I, in fact, guys, real quick, so you understand part of how Jerry and I bonded part of the reason why Jerry and I bonded back in 1999, when Jerry first hired me um, uh, is that we had a conversation about Elvis and I was able to talk about Elvis's eating habits and Jerry appreciated that. Yes. Uh, and, yes. and, 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 uh, and anyway, I know Elvis. Well, I know his history. Well, Elvis, see Elvis did much uh, behind the scenes uh, uh, in terms of of of, of local uh, civil rights issues, um, in terms of helping uh, black businesses and black families, but also more than that, uh, just like Jackie Robinson made it difficult to hate black baseball players because look, they can play just like us. Yes, Elvis Presley uh, uh, did not rip off uh, the blues players or the soul players or the gospel players. In fact, what he did was he mainstreamed these this music. And the reason why we know about Muddy Waters today or the reason why we know about a lot of these early 1940s gospel and and uh, I mean, uh, 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 even uh, um, even um, uh, Aretha Franklin, for crying out loud, uh, you know, go back and listen to there's a there's a, a, a podcast, The History of Rock and Roll, and it talks about these 1930s and 40s, these African-American brilliance in music. Yeah. Elvis Presley brought that to popular culture at a time when African Americans were segregated and Absolutely. couldn't go to school and yeah. couldn't and couldn't couldn't do things. Elvis Presley brought black culture to the forefront. 
Yes. Tell me that didn't that didn't hundred um, percent that didn't you know, uh, that, that didn't uh, uh, anticipate without 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 the exposure of this music to millions of of American white American teens around the country, you would not have had the exposure of actual black music to these teens. The love yeah, of that. and, and let me say this also because remember Elvis's early performances were were, were much. Look, Elvis in the 1970s, much different than Elvis in the 1950s. Sure. Elvis was raw. Uh, Elvis Presley was 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 so raw that literally he influenced the Beatles. Yes. He, he Led Zeppelin doesn't happen. The Beatles don't happen, but for Elvis Presley. Yes. And I and, and uh, but however, remember this too. No one knew what he looked like. Yes. Everyone yes. assumed that he was an African that he was black, that he was African American. Yes. So they is- loved they loved what he was doing. And didn't know that he was a white guy. And then all of a sudden he's a white guy and he's playing black music. Then all of a sudden you have Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. You have uh, you have uh, Sir, uh, Sir McCarthy from the Beatles now going Very. back and, 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 and listening you, to black you have, music. You have, St- you have Steve Marriott from Humble Pie. <laughs> but the point is, Robert Plant's whole world opened up to to this black gospel, also, black soul this, music, right? And Elvis the other Presley. side of it, right? Which is where it was. It's Carl Perkins who was African American, right? No, he's no Carl Perkins. Was no, the new was there's a there's a rock and roller who everybody thought was white, and turns out he was black. Elvis. Oh no, no, <laughs> it was the other way around. Yes. Um, I I, I don't know. And, Sorry. And sort of hitting. No, it's uh, who did uh, Johnny Be Good? Oh, uh, Chuck oh, uh, Berry. Chuck Berry. Yeah. So people thought Chuck Berry was white. Um, and, and, and he would show up at, to play at venues and then they would realize he was black. <laughs> Who's and, this guy? Yes. And so, but again, no Elvis, no Chuck Berry. I mean, that's, yes. that's sort of my, the, the, the point here. Look, um, hey, Jerry, America, America, America was moving down towards the civil rights movement. Anyway, the heroes uh, of uh, in, 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 uh, the civil rights movement in this country. And that's why, by the way, I, I, I like that we have Juneteenth as a federal holiday now, because because the civil rights movement yeah. is one of victory, not victimhood. Elvis Presley, like Jackie Robinson, moved our culture yes. toward equal rights. I agree with that. Hey, Jerry, I'm actually going to take a bit of personal privilege here. I'm going to change the title of the episode. Do it. Do it. I don't care. Andrew and Jerry save the American Supreme Court. Andrew and Jerry, you know, we've already done Andrew and Jerry save the Supreme Court. Andrew and Jerry save Supreme Court decision making, Supreme Court review, something to that effect. Catching you on the spot here. Uh, 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 Andrew and Jerry say God uh, save the Supreme Court. uh, uh, Uh. Kick out Roe v. Wade. No, wait, wait. <laughs> don't have to do that because we were talking about other stuff too. I know. I think it's going to be Andrew and Jerry say, God save the Supreme Court. Yes. All right, cool. All right, listen, uh, Jerry. So um, I am I am on for, uh, I'm in with, uh, with um, Larry O'Connor on O'Connor and Company on Wednesday and Thursday of the coming week, the 29th and 30th. Excellent. You're doing some fill-in stints this week. Yeah, well, you know, on Sunday, it's the Jerry Rogers Show on WBAL, but then on the um, uh, Thursday, the 30th, I'm going to do a special Jerry Rogers edition of the show Thursday night at WBAL, and then the following Wednesday, I'm doing a, a, a special edition Jerry Rogers Show uh, at WBAL. Now, the, the neat thing, Andrew, is, is that the these really these are now Jerry Rogers shows at night because I'm not I'm not filling in for anyone. That's right. That's and right. so therefore, the tenor of the show, the personality of the show, it's the Jerry Rogers show just sure. brought, brought to you in the evening. Nice. I like yeah. that. So, Jerry, what do you want people to do? Oh, my goodness. Uh, now more than the, ever. Find the truth. Plant your feet. Stand firm. God bless you. And, and guys, as I always say, especially uh, on a day like today, have a have a great week. Uh, have fun and stay safe. <laughs>